Welcome to the season finale ah! of season one, uh, Clinically Impressed. Oh my gosh. Um, season one. This is great. <laughs> I'm so excited. It took a little bit of time mm-hmm. to get to recording of this one because we had a very special, special guest. Yes, um, a very, very in. special guest. Yes. And whew, I'm blown away by all the details to come. But back to the flow of our conversation. Yes. What is... The hot topic this week. The hot topic this week is us, suckers. Ooh, look at us. We famous. We're getting famous. Um, no, but seriously, we have a video on our TikTok page. And at this moment, it's 1.1 million views. Um, I don't know what's after one. It could be one point, you know, it could be 1,101,000 or 1,199,000. It just says 1.1. And over 17,000 likes, which... I I think that like correlation is weird, but whatever. And this one video has gotten us um, like three hundred plus uh, followers because we are we now over four hundred. Yeah, tell me. Yes, I was gonna. Well, we so are we started over four hundred. Our embarrassing numbers before where we had seventeen followers, <laughs> <laughs> and now we have over four hundred. Okay, so hey, let me we hit our fame. I love it. I think it's great. I really hope that it turns into listeners. Um, let me just say that this was before because the the guest, to no one's surprise, hopefully if you follow our TikTok, is I went to Ecuador to interview our guest for our season finale. Mm-hmm. So I was in LAX and my flight was late on Friday night. It was like at midnight or something. No, it was like midnight something. So it was like eleven PM. Mm-hmm. I'm chilling in LAX and I had had this funny thought about this TikTok video. I was like, oh, I'm going to do that right now. So I'm in the airport and it's like loud. And I think at one point point in the video, you hear like someone page out. Yeah. And I just Mm -hmm. make this silly little video, post it, NBD, whatever. And then I fly in. My flights are crazy. Um, I basically get to Ecuador and our place like nearly 24 hours later. And then the next mm-hmm. morning I wake up and I was like, oh, that video. And I look at it and it's at 250,000 views. And I look, I walk Jeez. out of the bathroom to my friend. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, it was immediate fucking embarrassment. <laughs> like I was like, oh my gosh, now 250,000 people have seen your face. Oh my God. I was it was just immediately like, oh my God, I'm, I'm not even cute. Like I'm not even wearing makeup. Like it was just all of it, all of it right away. And I purposefully, obviously the second part of the video, like where I make like, uh-huh. where I look crazy that was on purpose, but now I'm just, I'm so in my feelings about it. And it's just, oh okay. But that was the whole vibe and everybody felt it. <laughs> everybody felt it. Even somebody messaged us and said, where did you get your nose ring? Because it's fab. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> no idea but we'll get back to you that's awesome oh my god so yeah the trending topic is it's us so if you don't already please follow us on tiktok Um, i let me just say that i thought your video that you made after patiently waiting for me to come back is so funny oh my gosh you know what i just felt like i was like a 90 year old person doing a tiktok all the whole time my sister was just laughing at me while she was recording it because it's funny you're terrible at this i'm Aww. like you know what this is the best we're gonna get okay <laughs> Boomer. I'm not a I, actor here. You're so funny. I made a couple like draft videos of this one thing that I wanted to do with Lindsay when we were in Ecuador. And she was uh-huh. she was the same way. She was so embarrassed to like be in the background. And she was like, why are you so good at this? And I was like, I don't know. Theater kid. Yeah, you should have been an actress. I'm yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so yes, our very special guest is a trusted friend of the pod, Lindsay my best friend for over 10 years now. Yes. So a little background. She will be talking about. Yeah. Yes. We circle back to episode one. Pretty heavy stuff. Um, Me and Lindsay met in our undergrad program um, when we were just Mm -hmm. little baby bachelors of social work, got graduated there together. And then we actually went and got our master's degrees together and we're, and she's an LCSW as well. So yeah, we've grown into social workers together. So beautiful, we, blossoming. Yeah. We actually okay. we worked at the same place at one point too. We've been a lot. We've been peers at school, coworkers, best friends, roommates. We were on a volleyball team together at one point. I mean, hey. what I haven't I done with that girl? Yeah. 
<laughs> we've just we've been a part of our lives for a long time. Um, so I'm very excited, and I hope everyone enjoys her interview. Please pay attention and listen while we insert the interview now. Enjoy. All right. Well, coming live from Ecuador, it is Quito, Ecuador, actually. This is Bex, and I am here with my absolute most best friend in the entire world, Lindsay. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Excited to have you here. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So this is for the pod that we will play later and put in for our episode, but so you're not live or anything and Ash isn't here. But so we wanted to circle back to the very first episode where we talk about um, Crash and Burnout was the name. I know you're a big fan, so you listen to it. (laughs) Um, But talking about social work, burnout, and kind of how to heal from all of that. So you are my main person. When I think of that happening to anybody, I think of that happening to you. (laughs) Burn victim here. (laughs) So first, why don't you tell the the Clinies um, a little bit about who you are as a social worker. Okay. I am Lindsay. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. As Rebecca said, best friends, <laughs> social work besties from oh, oh my God. social work besties, social work besties. Uh, so I worked in child welfare as well for mm-hmm. a couple of years. And then I was in the school setting for six school years, um, focused on working with like our newcomer kids. So we had a lot of like immigrant, what's, yeah, what's immigrant yeah, refugee students. So anyone Jeez. really within three years of moving to my state at the time, um, yeah, just kind of focused on like case management, crisis intervention, and that acculturation to their new life in the United States. Oh my God. I can't, I, I you know, I did a refugee center stint for my internship and that shit is wild. Yeah. Ooh, what was it's heavy? It's yeah. very heavy because mm-hmm. we just take so many things for granted in the United States, but yeah. just the culture shock of everyone yes. that I ever met. It's yes. just crazy. And, and really the, the cause for moving can be so, so hard for the family. They're not, you know, always wanting to have this move happen mm-hmm. or fled their home country and just kind of plopped into this new world of not speaking the language or maybe not having like education that transfers like how they would want where they can get the same job they already had in their home country Mm -hmm. or there's just so many things that can make life really difficult and it has made me realize made me realize life in the u.s actually is very difficult it can be depending Mm -hmm. you know it's a lot of work for people to start from nothing yeah to to come with nothing start and just try to make a go of it oh yeah so tell me the the years you said six years but what was like 2000 what to 2000 what Oh my gosh. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it would have been 2017 to 2023. Oh my God. Because I'm, yeah. I'm trying to think of like what happened in that time frame. Well, God. COVID. Yeah. Co- Trump, COVID. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Both of those were Afghanistan. Oh, oh my, my God. Gosh, yes. Those were all earth shattering changes, I think, in our school setting. Like the Trump era really changed how many newcomers were in the classrooms. Like Mm. when I got there, some of these classrooms were busting open. Like so many kids Mm. in our like, like we had special programming for kids who weren't in school before or had like a gap in formal education based on their history. So yeah, like in some countries, if you know, refugee camp, maybe you didn't have a formal education experience. And so, then now you're in a classroom yeah. in the United States. Now Holy you're 14 shit. learning to read in your native language, let alone English. So oh it's a God. specialized, yeah. Oh, a specialized for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So at the beginning there were, there were lots of kids like that. And then Trump era, we, there were some classes that a couple times I was like, okay, we got like three kids going on right now. <laughs> like it was really drastic changes oh my God. with like the bands, mm-hmm. the immigration bands and everything. So yeah. And then COVID. Oh my God. <laughs> Tell, say something. I think, yeah, this, is this why I'm burnt out? <laughs> but yeah, we went virtual for a full year. So. All those kids had to go home. Yes. I forgot. <laughs> I never worked in a school. Yeah. So I, just, I was thinking like, yeah, masks suck. But no, no I forgot. I closed, yeah. The school's closed. No, we went to spring break and didn't come back. And then oh, the whole God. next year didn't come back. <gasps> a lot of schools did. It depends like where you were. But our school district did not come back for the whole next calendar school year until yeah. like the very, very end. In the spring, we came back for like a couple of months hybrid. So you could choose to stay virtual or most kids came back, like they would flip flop days. So like mm-hmm. half the kids would come, you know, Monday, Wednesday and the other half, Tuesday, Thursday, everybody's virtual Friday. So that was like a couple of months. And then 
summer school. The next year, 2021, was the first time kids were able to come back full time if they enrolled and wanted to come. Oh my (laughs) God. I mean, with the newcomers, that was just such an equity gap. Like, some of our kids' parents don't have any literacy in their native language, let alone English, let alone on a computer. Like, oh, hi. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, logging in. <laughs> logging oh, in. Getting them yeah. on the computer. Having too. Wi-Fi at your house. Like, which our district gave everyone computers and iPads. And Did like, it come with Wi-Fi in the computer? It had, you could get these, like, portable Wi-Fi hotspots. Oh, oh okay. I call yeah, them. they weren't great, but, and they were hard to connect. Like, you know, you need to read the directions. Oh, to Jesus. Connect. How many so, of those did you hook up for people? <laughs> <laughs> I could not tell you. Oh my god! Yeah, it was home visits all through COVID. Like that's what I was. Just, that, that was my next question. Yeah. So you, no one was allowed to be in the schools, but you were still quote unquote in the field. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! So you're going to people's houses. Yeah, sitting on the front porch, logging in on their computers, Ugh. saving passwords, like showing the kids and the parents, like oh my calling the interpreter on the phone like that was one of my next question yeah on let's just go with that school year because i don't want to ask about all six of those years how many (laughs) languages are we talking here our district at one when i first worked there i remember hearing it was like 73 languages in our school district yeah so your client you're you were case managing (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know 73 people but okay jeez yeah so we had like primary like Swahili, Somali, and Spanish were in Burmese, you know. Oh, yeah, primary. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Those were like our biggest Quito Espanol, so. (laughs) Yeah, so, but then, yeah, you'd have like indigenous languages from Central America, or yeah, there were a lot of like very difficult ones, or we had one that spoke a language that we didn't have on the language line. And then, like, her husband kind of spoke some French. And then, like, our interpreter spoke some French. So then it was, like, kind of using French, even though it was just the only yeah, option. Yeah, it's not even. I mean, so. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, it got well, really I, hard sometimes. I've always been incredibly impressed by you whenever we go to, like, foreign situations. Because we've done this before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just, like, this interesting ability that you have to not shut down whenever you don't understand someone or even more embarrassingly when they don't understand you yeah. and you're just like come up <laughs> no but I mean like we talked about this how yeah. so I mean I think so many Americans are really guilty of this of just yes. like putting their hands up like I don't know what you're saying yeah uh, speaking English yeah, yeah and like, you just don't do that and I yeah. it almost feels like um it's like when people talk about like learning how to play chess or something once your mind is somewhat open even though you're not speaking all those languages like you've like allowed yourself to accept body language and what yeah. are your eyes doing and what's yeah. the vibe here like you yeah. can just somewhat kind of understand them yeah okay oh. I, love that. I love that thanks that's so crazy <laughs> though because I know where you worked and yeah. wasn't the safest area no yeah. Which says a lot because, I mean, they were all placed there by an agency, right. I would guess, which yeah. isn't cool. But I know. To yeah. me, that's what I, I think, like, thinking for these kids, like, you're showing up to a new world. You're 14 and you're just plopped in this school. You don't know what anyone's saying. And then people are, like, fighting. Or mm-hmm. you don't understand the security when you get to the school. Like, I just – it it seems like it would be something that's so scary. And so then for me to, like, go to your house, how could I say I'm scared to go to someone's house? Oh like, that God. is so – that would be – that would be wild. <laughs> no, that's shit. You just made me like, shit, because that's so true. I'm such Dude, a bitch. <laughs> you, I can't believe you had to go to an unsafe neighborhood where they fucking live. Oh, oh my, my God. God. No, I rem- – it's Privileged so funny. Right I had this fourth grader who yeah. – it. W- like birthdays for some countries, like it's not a real thing that mm-hmm. it's not like a big thing, I guess, mm-hmm. that you celebrate. So he shows up to school and his whole class is looking at him singing happy birthday. Oh, terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> this kid took on the class. Okay. He was Shut swinging. He was, well, like, they're like screaming he, at his face something. Yeah, like, yeah. He's like, oh, you guys want to go right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, which I just think is so funny because it's like, how, what? It's like a birthday cake. What are you talking about? But it's just like, oh my, yeah, you're fight or flight right now. Like everybody. Wow. You want to look at, like, come, let's go. <laughs> like, oh, I just love that kid. It's so fucking cool, though, <laughs> kind of. Like, I don't like my birthday. Let's square up. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, okay. God. Yeah. Okay, so COVID happens. Yes. When do you feel, because obviously we've talked about burnout on the show before, but when do you feel like you started to, like, notice it? Because <sighs> most of the time it's happening to you. Yeah. And, you know, other people say shit is what's happened to me in my life. Is other yeah. people have like made comments about uh-huh. maybe how I look or my skin's paler. Or yeah. Bags in the eyes or something. And then 
that's when I started to notice like certain behaviors or I'm not enjoying oh these God. things that I started it's used so to do. Like, yeah. So when do you feel like it happened to you? I think it started when COVID happened because I was like a new foster parent at the time. Mm. I had three girls at home that were young elementary. And when I found out, okay, we're parenting at home, schooling at home oh and the, the work expectations are still there. So now how do we do some magic? Because what, that is magic. what are you talking about? <laughs> So that was when it was first, like when I'm at work doing home visits, I'm feeling guilty because my husband's at home working with three kids doing school with them. So then it was like, while he's still trying to manage working yes, at home. <laughs> oh God. And then I'm working and feeling bad. Like it was this, oh this double stress started to happen where I was like, okay, I never feel okay right now. So then it wasn't really burnout as much as it was like, this is impossible. How is anybody doing this? Help me. Like, tell me what you guys are doing right now. Yeah. And at the time, some of my friends were living the dream, sitting on the couch, like, what? What's remote work? What are you talking about? This is great. Oh, people yeah. went home. Yeah. yeah. I didn't get home either, so yeah, I know exactly. what you're talking about. Yeah. I remember telling my husband, like, that I was made for this time. Like, what? Work at home? Sit on the couch? Live your best life? Are you kidding me? So God, yeah. I think that was the first time. And then when we kind of started figuring things out, things slowed down, we came back. Mm-hmm. I could still tell, like... That's still so long. You just yeah. blaseed over, like, oh, a fucking a year. year. <laughs> and had yeah. two bedrooms. God. Oh, my God. Yeah, we moved. That's for sure. About two weeks into COVID, we bought a house because we were like, well, we're not going to be able to survive That's here. true. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot. You so, yeah. Um, well, thank God for that. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. So then I think burnout, I really could start telling... Not this last school year, but the one before. So what so would that be? 2021? No, wait. No, 20, yeah. 21, 22. 21 to 22, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was the second school year. That was like the year, yeah. normal year-ish. Yes. Yeah. So the behaviors at work were rough. Some of the like different populations we were getting at school had experienced these traumas that I'd never heard of before. Like the things were getting really heavy. And for me... Like as the therapist at the school, because I was doing therapy individually in group, like I can do this all day, but it was the uh, powerlessness, I guess. Like I can like meet these kids as they come here, but the system is the problem. Mm -hmm. And so it was this like powerlessness, heaviness of like, I'm not really affecting change as much as I think needs to happen. And I'm Mm -hmm. like watching these decisions be made, like state, federal, like just watching people suffer in a way that I knew that was never going to end and I was going to keep seeing it. It just started to get really heavy for me in a way that it hadn't before. And I've always heard traumatic stories, Yeah, but it just started to get harder. And I had a foster, I was a foster parent at this time as well. So Mm -hmm. then things at home were really hard post COVID. So it was like that same double stress, I guess, of just feeling like where is my peace right now? <laughs> so, well, and then you're dealing, you're also dealing with an incredibly other difficult system that yeah. again, you have oh zero God. power in. Yes. Oh, the, the foster system from the outside. From I am a foster yes. parent. Yeah. yeah. Oh my you, God. you know, because I Snapchat you all the time. <laughs> that. Well, but. And I think I've told, I hope I've told you this before that I, when you became a foster parent, it completely changed my practice yeah. because I was always hearing your side of it yes. and it affected the social work that I did. Cause it yeah. was like, holy shit. And seeing yes. like, no, you love these kids and you do so much, but you're not, you're ignored. not important. Completely invisible. Totally not important at all. Can you just take them to the doctor? Can you just yeah. do the IEP? Like I just I need you to get it done. My lawyer said, quote, you are less important than the gum on the bottom of their shoe. And I was like, God damn. And I, I remember being totally unfazed by him yeah. saying that because it's like, yeah, obviously. Oh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but now it's Compassion like, fatigue. <laughs> trying to help me prepare for this like court thing that was coming up at the time and it was just like it was all really traumatic for me honestly and for everybody involved I think but oh yeah I think being a foster parent has made me want to work in child welfare again at some Mm -hmm. point because oh my god I'm sorry foster parents who I ever worked with I only imagine (laughs) I, I think I cared what you were saying but oh my god well I think what gave what really affected me whenever you would talk about everything was suddenly how um, I don't even know how to say this really was like the asshole entitled uh, entitlement I had as a social worker. I would love kids and I would call them my kid. I know my kid. And then after everything with you, it was always like. I don't fucking know that kid. I spend an hour 
to two at most, hopefully, a month with this kid. Mm -hmm. At most. And there's workers that spend way less time. Yes. And, I mean, you've talked to me about the workers that have come in your house. Be there 10, 15 minutes. 10. <laughs> yes. And, Which, and I, then they, what, write reports on them and yeah. act like they know what and, their decision should be? And they decide be? this child's they future. Yeah. And they have wild. no idea. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's what really affected me. Yeah. It's like, holy shit. Who the hell did I think yes. I was? I think that overall concept is what really was hurting me as a social worker as well. Because I was starting to just question everything. Like, like, what do we know? You guys don't know anything. You mm-hmm. think you do. It's like a blind confidence that I think is wrong. Which, obviously, they... Title protection. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> let's yeah, let's go back to title Yeah, so are we calling them social workers? Or <laughs> Which mine them- was, technically. Okay. But the other people involved and, like, as things were changing, I was getting other people who weren't technically. Yeah. They were, you know, I think, what was it? Family support specialist or something. Yeah, some bullshit but, name. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, I, that's a, that brings up a really good question for me. Is yeah. as a social worker and as a clinical social worker, yeah. what was that experience like having... <laughs> having a CPS social worker. For me, I think I was just trying too hard to stay in my role at the beginning. Oh, okay. So I almost like, re- not regret, but I wish I would have pushed harder sooner, but I didn't want to be like that person, you know? Yeah. Oh, I'm a clinical sometimes. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. So I was more it like... people off a little sometimes. Yes. Yeah. And then you're automatically not agreeing with whatever I'm saying, I feel mm-hmm. like. So I was like, here I'm the foster parent. So what is my role as the foster parent? So I tried to stay in that lane, but it just... No, dude, you're providing therapy. <laughs> like, or at least I am as a clinical yeah. social worker. So it's like this dual role for sure. But I definitely tried to stick in my lane as much as I could. But well, it's like crisis intervention half the time. <laughs> constantly. And what I what I always thought when I would stay with you was that you were just a social worker all the time. Yeah. You had the, you know, I don't know, your hours at work, eight to five or whatever, your actual job. Yeah. And then you had the social work at home. Home, yeah. And then we had like the same bedtime. Me and this girl. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I did this like group intervention, whatever, with one of my groups. It was just like a New Year's like mindset once we came back from break, like resetting for the year. Like, what is your word? Like, what's mm-hmm. your word for the semester? And like, all the girls were picking the word. And I picked one myself. I picked peace. Like, where am I going to find peace? Like, mm. this year? Like, and, you know, I just kept this to myself, but I was like really pondering on it, put it on my keychain later. Like, 2023, I need to find some peace in my life oh my because, God. yeah, I love it. <laughs> School constant crisis and then home crisis and then it was just like where is the the peace I don't know yeah. it's not here so I was like really actively trying to find boundaries and trying to pull back in areas that I could but it in my job I'm the only social worker focused on newcomers at the time I mean we had thousands so it was Jesus. like that you can't pull back in that role no, really yeah. and then as a foster parent you can't pull I mean it was like giving things to my husband like we he already was that, carrying yeah. So, yeah like it's not a typical like he was already carrying so much of yeah. the load so to keep giving him more and more it was like okay this is just really there's a problem and I and like you mentioned earlier symptoms like I was definitely getting tired I yeah. was so fatigued like I could sleep on weekends like which thankfully our, our girl at the time, she could sleep too. So it kind of worked <laughs> out, but, um, I was sleepy, super like low energy. I was getting much more agitated, like mm-hmm. easier than that is normal for me. Like I was getting sick much more often and just headaches. Like I just physically, emotionally. Oh my God. Well, that's how stress like attacks your body as you yeah. just get Oh my gosh. I think I knew that. Like yeah. your sicknesses and stuff. Yes. Like cold and just like yeah. not feeling good. Not yeah. like death or anything. Right. Just, just like my, like, yeah, headaches, migraines. And then just every time I would try to take a day off or something, I'd get sick. I remember telling you that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's something your body psychological. Like, yeah. Your body was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Let's rest. <laughs> yes. Let's get it all out while you can. Yes, exactly. Oh <sighs> my God. All right. So well, the nightmare, obviously. <laughs> um, but things have changed. Yeah. So, yeah, we're done fosterings as of July. Or, I mean, our, our girl moved. And so I left my job in July, which I had known for a couple of months. I had decided mm-hmm. to find peace. I'm quitting. Yes. And then it ended up my last day of my job and our girl moving was like within 24 hours. So oh it was God. a really hard lead up. <laughs> but now, and then it was like a sudden 
change of my life. Like, okay, so now what? It was just like looking Talk around. Talk for a moment. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to give too much information, but I remember <laughs> having a conversation with you where you said, am I about to go through an identity crisis? <laughs> like, okay, ask me who I am and I'll say a social worker, a foster parent, and I live in this state. Like mm-hmm. those are like, what? So then it was like, all of this is about to change in 24 hours. Like Jeez. we sold our house, we moved to a new state, like everything about me that I would, that I would say about me. So then it was like, I think it's really scary to not have these pillars of like who I am. Like now I have to actually figure out who I am. What? How's that going? (laughs) So I'm in Ecuador (laughs) running away. No, no, I actually, you've always been been great. I feel like I'm getting back to like, what do I like? What, who am I? I love traveling. I love, I want to learn Spanish. I want to learn more about like other countries and especially Latin America. So this has been great. I'm like trying to journal more and like really focus on healing and Mm -hmm. deciding where I go without pressure, which all of this, I can't say without like speaking of my privilege, obviously Obviously, like everything, like all's implied, but also the, my husband is so supportive. I think he saw how hard the last couple of years were. And I remember talking to him like, how long can I travel before, <laughs> before you hate me? <laughs> and he was like, oh, I don't know, two years. I was like, what? best husband ever. <laughs> I was like, man, okay, that's way longer. Like, I thought you were going to say like three months, <laughs> two years. I was, yeah. Like, yeah, I was talking to some of my friends and they were like, how does he feel about that? And I was like, he's nothing, but I think he's relieved. I think he's mm-hmm. glad that what was happening isn't happening because when he talks to me, I think he felt really powerless of how to help. And he was already taking on so much at home. So then it was like, okay, what else can he do? I, I mean, he's doing everything. Yeah. So so I think he's relieved to see things getting better. <laughs> but And I have some friends who we were talking, they're social workers as well, and we were mm-hmm. talking. And one of my friends, she said, yeah, I think my husband would love for this to happen to me, like for me to quit. And like if I left, I don't think he would, you know, like yeah. I think he would be so supportive because – I think our partners and our families and our friends, they see this happening slowly, the change and the... It changes who we are. Yeah. From like the foundational. Yeah. A hundred percent. I've been, I've been told that before. Yeah. Like just quit. Please. Yeah. Please. And it's like, but this is who I am. Yeah. But then what? No, <laughs> yeah. Then no, I, I do. What? Yeah. Exactly. I was school for a long fucking yes. time for this. <laughs> That's I got it. license. Yes. <laughs> Even a couple months ago, I was really questioning if I'm done social working. Ever. Tell me about that. Yeah. I just, I think seeing social work fail in my eyes oh, so hard. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. That hurt. That hurt so bad. <laughs> I just, I felt like I was watching on a, like, uh, just, you know. No, I know. I'm tearing up because I just remember it all oh, too. It and so being bad. like, okay, a little bit of technical difficulty. So we're having to chime back <laughs> in after we were on a roll. But let's go back to um, where they don't know we stopped talking. Um, we had just gotten through the horrible trauma that happened with fostering. Yes. And now I think we can move into your privilege of what you've been able to do and how you've kind of like changed and moved here. Yes. Okay. So yeah, obviously acknowledging my privilege, like ability to do this in the first place, Yes. like my financial privilege, my, all the privileges, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but especially my husband, um, just so super supportive, really making it happen. I remember, um, like when everything ended fostering Mm -hmm. my job, we moved, everything was ending at the same time. It was like looking around like, okay, so now what? Mm -hmm. And he was nothing but supportive of like, we always talk about traveling. We always talk about moving abroad. Learn like I, I'm really passionate about learning Spanish fluently because yes. I want to use this forever. So um, he was just so supportive, and I think that's been the best piece of my healing journey so far. Just knowing that I have his support and freedom to really like think about what I need. Um, but yeah, so at one point he knew I was going to start traveling and definitely trying to go somewhere that speaks Spanish. Yes. So. Yeah, and you're so good at it. It's so cool. Every taxi we get into, I because I have said this on the pod before. I'm the I get the privilege of being the Venmo friend where you plan these like trips, and I'm just like, well, how much is half? I am also the English speaking fucking friend on this trip too, where things happen. And I just look at you and they're like, oh, what are they saying? So how much is it? What yeah. No, I love it. Oh, so. Yeah. So we were going on a walk and I was like, so how long really can I travel before you hate me? Or like, <laughs> before this isn't good for us. And, yeah. God, such a good question. And he, he was like, he paused and he was like, oh, like two years. And I was just Jesus like, <laughs> so, 
I don't see that happening, but it's so <laughs> it's awesome. Just, yes, it's really only been two, yes. what, two months. Yeah, two, two yeah. months. So I and I feel drastically better. So I I feel like I'm like already thinking about social work again and like what kind of job am I hoping mm-hmm. for next. So I'm like I'm getting there so much faster than I even thought. I remember Googling, like, how long does burnout last? Like, freaking oh my out. God. It, yeah, even with the journals and yes. everything, it's, it's really limited information. Yeah, and it says, like, oh, sometimes 12 months. And I was like, oh, my God. Holy God. Yeah. Okay. I mean, obviously, I know it's different for everybody. But I was, like, trying to get a gauge of, like, how long do I feel like see, no, Jeez. No. It's like, right, when you quit your job, you'll feel better. That's what I wanted That's, to see. Yeah, instant results. Yeah. I'm an American. Um, uh, so I was like, uh, oh, God. So then tell us what you did since you've been here. Yeah. What, what brought you here? What's yes. the program? What's yes. Up? So what brought me here was the Spanish like language, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the accent is particularly, it's supposed to be one of the better countries to learn Spanish in, supposedly. Like, okay. just with the accent and... They have a lot of schools here. So that's how I first picked Ecuador. But since I've been here, um, I've been using this like app Workaway. Okay. So it's like filled with volunteer, like volunteering opportunities. You kind of get matched where you can stay somewhere in exchange for your like expertise or effort or labor, more or less, depending. Yeah. yeah. So you can match with like a school or a family or a farm. So I did three weeks at a farm and the family. <laughs> That's what I, I just wanted to learn new things. I yeah. was like, if I'm going to be doing it, I want to learn something. Why so not? learned um, how to make yogurt. <laughs> so fucking random. I remember the, the first like snap you said, you're like, I'm making yogurt. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> just suited up. I think you're the one who said I look like a surgeon. Yeah. I was, I was like, like are you going to surgery? Because you yeah. had the whole like outfit on, very hazmat. Yes. But then cow. Yes. Baby oh. cows, llamas, sheep, oh. goat. Oh my God. Oh, Not yeah. llamas. <laughs> Uh, there was a baby cow born, and they named it after me. Adorable. Uh, life made. Uh, goals, yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't have and a the, man. the parents were just so funny and sweet, and they only speak Spanish, so it was, like, forced. Hell yeah. Because that was the stage I think I got to Ecuadorian was knowing Spanish, like, knowing some basics but being embarrassed. So, like, yeah. understanding but answering in English. Like, what are you doing right now? Stop it. <laughs> so no, and, Well, that's just very American also. Yeah, it's just yes. exactly what we do because I think it's just the immediacy of, like, I'm going to have a horrible accent. It's going to sound stupid. Yeah. They're not going to know what I'm saying yes. anyway. So if I just speak English, yeah, it's just yeah, very typical exactly. for what we're, like, almost trained to do, I yes. guess. Yeah, exactly. And that's what, there was one person, not on the farm, but in Ecuador that really like was acting like I was stupid because I didn't know what they were saying. It was like laughing at me and stuff. But I literally like said to myself, like, this is karma. Like how many Americans do this to people? Damn. Like, so it helps me be like, it's fine. I know I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid. It's a different fucking language. (laughs) Or yeah, I think I said that thing, that TV show, Modern Family, where Uh Sophia Vergara is like, do you know how smart I am? Oh, Oh, so true. So the farm was the best. Like, it was just healing. It gave me something to do and focus my time on learning stuff, having Mm -hmm. fun, and definitely learning Spanish. That was, like, probably the highlight of my trip because I just love that family so much. They're so cute. Um, And then my second work away was uh, at a dog shelter, which I loved, but just the farm was everything. So I just... (laughs) <laughs> okay, if you had to do it over again, would you want the like not great experience first? Yes. Oh, uh, because then you'd be <laughs> like so. saved by the farm. Yes. When I was at my work, my the farm, mm. there was another volunteer there who's done workaways for like years, yeah. and he was like, "This might be the best workaway I've ever had." I was oh, like, no, "It's only downhill no. from here." Yeah. <laughs> don't tell me that. <laughs> or uphill, whatever yeah, that's that expression is. Oh god. Yes. I was like, "Oh no, okay." But they were the best. Aww, that's <laughs> so, so cute. Yeah, they were really great. So, yeah. So, how do you feel about your burns? Your burn, your uh, burn out. Yeah, I think like I'm. I'm really ready to ponder social work, and like I'm feeling like myself. Like on okay. this trip, I'm like remembering things about myself. Like there was a little neighbor boy who every day was like asking to water paint with me, and it's Aww. like I do. I love kids, and yeah. I love painting, and I love hanging out. Like. For fun, no one, this doesn't have to be like stressful yeah. where I think my parenting and my like schooling experiences mm-hmm. the last few years, have, it's all been stress. Yeah. So it's just been nice to slow down and be like, I love kids. I love painting. Mm-hmm. I love interacting with people. Yeah. Like, because it, it all became so heavy on me that I think I was starting to like protect my energy as much as I could. Yeah. So it was almost like 
cringing at like, oh God, someone needs something from me again. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. Or now him asking to paint with me. I'm like, uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have definitely felt that before. Like, yeah. um, or even coming home and someone saying like, how was, or tell me about your day. Oh like, my God. I, the worst. No, thank you. No. Or that, that sense of someone needs me all yes. the time. Yeah. Oh, Okay, well, obviously, you already you remarked on privilege, but not all of us can travel yeah. and do all those things to kind of heal from burnout. Right, so if it wasn't for this trip, if you could go back or do anything different, what is something that you think maybe could have helped during that time? Or if you should have done something, you know, like yeah. replay it. I think for me, if I could replay, I would leave my job earlier than I did mm-hmm. just because... I knew I should be and I wasn't doing it because mm-hmm. there was like this, like I'm a social worker. Mm-hmm. I, can, I just need to push through and instead of, you know, knowing the signs, I guess, and knowing when to stop, I kept pushing. Um, so I, I think for me personally, that probably would have helped the most. But if I still ended up leaving when I did, like ended my foster journey and my job, probably the two most stressful things that like oh, burnout, obviously, yeah. um, then I think... Because my plan was to get a job that just wasn't in social work for a little while. Okay. Like, like just take a break. I was, like, having dreams of being, like, an apartment manager. Like, something. Every, so I feel like every social worker has, like, this dream yes. second job yeah. that is, like, Your a burnout hotel job. clerk or something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Bartender yes. or whatever. My group of friends, literally, we all have our burnout job ready oh to go. God. Like, why do so many social workers want to be mailmen? I don't know. Mail people. I know something. Yes, you. Forest Ranger. Forest Ranger. Uh, that's so right. That's my dream job. Yes. Oh, National Park Ranger. One. Absolutely. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. I don't have an answer for that, but I would like to do a survey and uh-huh. see how many social workers have their burnout jobs yes. ready. I, oh my gosh. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I think I was actively in therapy as well at the end because I knew things were getting bad. Okay. But for me, I it was helpful to take like the time out to focus, but I also... I mean, we kind of know what we need already. Absolutely. Isn't that <laughs> horrible? Yeah. I thought I didn't know, but then in therapy, it was constantly affirmed to me by my therapist that I know. Like, uh, and so it was kind of like almost harder because then yeah. it's like, oh God, what am I supposed, like, how do I actually get help without just turning my life upside down right now? Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. a lot because I th- I've thought about that too, mm-hmm. about getting therapy for myself. And it's like, but I already fucking know what to do. Yes. And I do think we should all be in therapy. I, I need to restart mm-hmm. soon now that I'm further along in my, yeah. in my journey. Aww. But yeah, I do. Th- I was really hopeful that therapy would like be my, be my savior. Yeah. Uh, but of course not. So. So what has been your savior this journey now that you're healing again? I think just, it was, I think it was the scariest part of figuring out who am I? What do I like? What do I want to be? And like removing the pressure to be I am a foster parent. I am a social worker. Like taking that off the table as a possibility. Like maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not okay. a social worker. Maybe I'm not a foster parent. It kind of like helps me. Like on this trip, I've kind of like fallen back in love with these ideas in a way that's like refreshing. And so then now it's kind of like how can I do this sustainably instead of just like mm. all feet first into everything at once. So mm. I'm ready to like think this through and be more I don't know, have better boundaries. I don't even know if it's boundaries or at least be more like careful this time, it, I guess. It kind of seems like boundaries a little bit because you've touched on it some on that. Yeah. It's like, I have to push through. I have to yeah. carry this mental load all the time. Yeah. And even like the shame and guilt you were having about just like your husband having yeah. to pick up the other slack. It's like, yeah, true. we just hold all that all the time. Yes. And it was like at work, yeah, yeah. feeling stressed about what's mm-hmm. happening at home. And then at home, like, oh, what are my kids doing right now? Like, yeah, uh, it was yeah. like, it was always, God. and I, I'm not much of a, like, I don't like overthink or overworry a lot of the time, but I was like finding myself here, like with more anxiety mm-hmm. and more symptoms like that than I've ever had. So just, I was all over the place, you know, Jeez. you know, yes, based I on do, my, my five minute long Snapchat <laughs> videos. <laughs> they were always great though. Very helpful. Very therapeutic for us. Yes. Oh, <sighs> so well, if there's anything you could leave with other social workers that might be feeling some burnout or anyone who might be feeling that, what's mm-hmm. something that you would like? Like a takeaway or how to end our convo? Oh, it's I a think, big ask. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, saying to you what I couldn't say for myself, which yeah. is like, you have to take care of yourself too. Like, mm-hmm. I think we feel this pressure. Like we're, even on this podcast, I still feel the pressure of like, my kids only had me at school. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it shouldn't, if that, like, that's a systemic failure. And yeah. so how do we ask for more support? How do we like 
look at our systems and are they functioning to be a sustainable position for us? Because I mean, I guess my takeaway, yeah, would be don't, how, how do we not carry all the weight of our jobs mm-hmm. like on our backs mm-hmm. realistically? Cause we all say that, but then we're all answering. We're all doing it. Yeah. 6 PM. Exactly. We're all, well, it's just a weird amount of pressure and I've seen workers fight about it. Like you'll, uh, I've been in conversations where I'll hear one worker talk about, no, I turn my phone off and I don't answer on the weekend. And then the one across from them is like, now is wearing <laughs> this like crown. And is like, well, I answer I my phone. Yeah. They have like this strange little competition of yes. like, I'm a more dedicated social worker yes. than you. Like, okay, uh-huh. well, maybe that works for you because maybe you'll feel anxiety if you don't answer the phone, but it's almost like this disrespect that we have for each other too. Yeah. Of like, yeah. I'm a better social worker yes. than you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like in the schools, there's teachers too that you see showing up beyond the hours. And then you want to match, like you want to, yeah. you're the support system in the yeah. school. So it's like how, okay, yeah, you're passionate. Let me meet this. Cause some, some staff in the world you'll meet who aren't as passionate or you're really having to like try to explain how a kid needs help or really mm-hmm. trying to fight for these kids to have some support in the building. And so then when you find the people who really care, you want to match that energy. And mm-hmm. so then it, you can kind of spiral into these like over dedication where I think it's, it can be good, but there's gotta be a line. Yeah. It's just so much pressure. So how do I don't know. How do we fight? How do we push through this? Pressure? Jesus Christ. I don't know. That's <laughs> that new like sell it to you because I don't have it yet. Well, oh, well, I appreciate your time and oh, I love this trip. It's been coming. healing for me too. But <laughs> yeah, don't, don't threaten me to not come to a good time in a different country with you. <laughs> I just got to say, on my water bottle, I have my clinically impressed sticker. Hey. <laughs> I am about to special order friend of the pod. <laughs> I'm about to get a my friend own. of the pod. Did we say that? You called me that. We did. A trusted friend of the pod is what you were referred to. So right in cursive underneath. I'm about trusted to buy one. Friend of the friend of the pod. I'll do it. I'll do it. No. Limited edition. <laughs> All right. Well, then I guess we'll click it back and it'll be me and Ash leading the end of the pod. Thank Woo. you so much. All right. So what'd you think, Ash? Well, I um, hope everybody enjoyed hearing mm-hmm. the interview between you and her. It was you can tell that there was a lot of emotions between the two of you and she was very passionate about what she does. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's very important to like, as far as like the healing journey. Yeah. So my biggest takeaways, Mm -hmm. one is that she, um, is very brave to step out and do something completely different than what she's been doing before, just so that she can heal. And I think a lot of people don't have the bravery to do that. I think everyone has the capability of doing it. Mm. It's just some, it's a drastic change. It's leaving something that you knew. And I resonated with it first and foremost, because when I left my job at CPS, I was the same exact way. Mm. I thought that job was my identity. Yeah. I couldn't see myself ever doing anything different. I couldn't call myself anything else. And when people, like, I felt like people didn't respect me or value me as much because I was no longer working for CPS. I had nothing to offer to conversations. I didn't know who I was. Mm -hmm. I struggled with that for a year. And sometimes that still comes up. And I think that that's just not something that anybody talks about. No, that's true. That, and I think that might have a lot to do with like why people are so afraid to leave whatever role that they have, because it just becomes a part of who you are. Mm -hmm. And especially especially if you value it so much. Or if you feel like it's like gives you respect, like you said. Right. I was willing to look past everything that was happening to me as far as burnout Mm -hmm. and like the severe symptoms that I was experiencing just so I could keep the title because I wanted people to like me for what I do. Oh, damn. And I didn't realize that that was a huge trigger and trauma that I had to deal with. Yeah. And I did. Mm-hmm. I went and dealt with it. I, I even had supervisors in my my current role tell me that I needed to thaw out and stop acting so like wound up. Mm-hmm. And that's just something that I had to transition through. Yeah. And I, I'm grateful for the change. Yeah. And I'm glad it's not part of my identity anymore. Yeah. I love that job. Yeah. Yeah. But- obviously, you have love for it for sure and passion. I think the word brave is the word, the way that I would describe Lynn's for me, because what she is mm-hmm. capable of doing, because obviously there's fear, you have fear, but bravery is doing things and bringing your fear along with you. And yeah. watching her like just engage in a 
terrifying situation and do all of these things was I felt I I don't know how to describe it other other than like pride just watching my best friend mm-hmm. you know we're jumping into taxis and she's just like speaking Spanish to people and just engaging with anyone she comes into contact just Amazing. and it, it comes across with no fear and even because mm-hmm. I get so embarrassed so fast I've I took Spanish in high school and in college and I immediately will get mm-hmm. so embarrassed. And it's like asking people to slow down or whatever. Like I'm like, oh, never mind. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. And she'll yeah. just be like, uh, coma? Like, did she for like what? Say it again? Yeah. And it's just so it was just so incredible. The entire trip with her, there were <laughs> we had we stayed in some random town at some random Airbnb that was actually at the back of a restaurant. I don't even know how she fucking finds these places, to be completely <laughs> honest. I think it cost us like $11 that night to stay there. We got free breakfast in the morning. Whoa. Yeah. The, and it's just like she just knows all these things. I joke with her all the time about creating like a social work travel agency because she just mm-hmm. assimilates faster than any person I've ever met. It's like I saw That's her – she's, ne- she's never been to Ecuador before. She'd only been there since October. And it, I would have thought she'd lived there her whole fucking life. She knew everything about all of these different towns because she just – again, she doesn't let her fear like stop her from doing things. She reads. She yeah. researches. You know, she really wants to know. She was telling me all about the history, how Peru like fucked them and took half their rainforest. Like she – I just knew everything about Ecuador now. What you want to know? Like, <laughs> Wow. It was just incredible. Wow. I mean – She's missing her calling. She should be a travel agent. Uh, yeah, I don't know what she needs to be doing, but it needs to be something because <laughs> it's what she does is so great. And she just like even we, she took me to the airport. I left a few days early, earlier than her. She's um, she's back in the you know in Usadas Unidos now, but. Um, she dropped me off at the airport, and then she's like, "Oh," and she told me where she was going to stay. It was some random some random fucking middle nothing town and she knew she wasn't uh-huh. going to have service there because everything's in a sim card anyway otherwise you got to use wi-fi wherever yeah. you go and so she's like ah, i don't know when i'll talk to you again because i'm not going to have service where i'm going i'm like okay <laughs> she said she text she did text me because i guess the place where she stayed at like turned on uh-huh. wi-fi for her and so she's like te- i messaging me through wi-fi and telling me all uh-huh. about this thing she had done this insane uh, I guess you'd call it a hike. I saw photos. She hiked, in quotes, a fucking volcano. She has a helmet on oh. and the rock climbing gear. She's rappelling down the mountain. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I did, like, the hardest hike of my life today. And she's an incredibly fit person. So I was like, that uh-huh. says a lot. Like, what do you mean you did the most hardest hike? What are you talking about? <laughs> and then she sends me these photos. I'm like, that's not a hike, bitch. Like, you're in gear. <laughs> It's just um, so wild. More like survival. Yeah. So, she just does yeah. all this shit. Wow. And then it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, then she she had service, I think, when she was texting me and trying to find the place she was staying at. She had to take a Uber to the bus station and then get on a bus. You know, all, everything in Ecuador is in Spanish. There's minimal English mm-hmm. and then barely – no one we interacted with spoke English. And so all of this in a completely second language to her – bus takes the bus to some random thing she apparently she got off the bus two kilometers because we're also dealing with kilometers two kilometers like further so then she had to walk to the town she was going to the direction she got were like take a right at this sign and then when you run into the horse statue go left like it was like that and i was just like wow please live through this dude Please come she back. She is brave. I'm saying. Brave. That's the word. That's what I would say it. Because but, who can do something like that with that much angst to go out and mm-hmm. explore the world and get that healing that she deserves? Yeah. And she's definitely an explorer for sure. It was it was a wonderful experience. And just to even watch her and be with her for just a week, like for yeah. me, it was kind of a vacation. I mean, we were staying in the jungle and like the rainforest and stuff, but it was, I had a great time, but She's done. But you got to experience Mm -hmm. a big piece of what she's doing all this time. Yeah. And again, my privilege Mm -hmm. of being her best friend is coming after she's fully assimilated. And she was, you know, we rented a car. The driving's a whole other situation. (laughs) We got stuck in this one random ass like town. And it's very like, I mean, I would describe it almost comparatively to America would be like, you're just stuck in like the country. But the country in quotes is like the jungle. 
and you're just random. Like there's, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a town ish. Um, and we were stuck behind a line of buses basically because a bridge had like, I don't want to say collapsed, but there was something wrong with the bridge. So we had to wait a few hours there. I mean, it was just, it was a vibe. It was a great time. It was fun. Oh, wow. What an experience. Yeah. Even for you to be the, be in a different culture and a different town mm-hmm. and having this interview about healing yeah. and all of that stuff with her while she's on her actual journey. Yeah. It's amazing. It was pretty cool. So I'm, I'm grateful for her being willing to share everything mm-hmm. that she's gone through because she has gone through it for sure. She is without a doubt yeah. my Roman Empire. I think about her all the time. I'm like, man, how do I like Dang. become her? That's she's her that she's bravery the capital H for sure. Yeah, I don't got that complete bravery. Well, you know, I think we all can attain it somehow. We just have to figure out what's stopping us. Yeah, and that's like an that's internal true. reflection kind of thing. But something that you guys did say, yeah. on the on in your interview mm-hmm. was um, everybody has a secondary job, <gasps> right? Like, what would they <laughs> rather yours? do instead of social media? Yeah. And I swear to God, I want to be a barista like I just want to make coffee I could people. I don't see get that it. I don't know why that's so cute <laughs> and like I could have a whole therapy business like coffee and chatting or something I, like I that. think you should go for it yeah <laughs> I was thinking about this afterwards because I was like yeah because being a park ranger is literally like it's all I've ever thought about doing um uh-huh. and I, it's like all right how do I bring social work and park ranger together <laughs> like <laughs> I need to get with the take the, people on wilderness. I know walks. that's so healing. Wilderness therapy, like I need to do something. Yeah, <laughs> I, you're out here wilding out in the wilderness, right? I would be curious, like what other people's like burnout. What she call it? Burnout job or burnout career? Something. Yeah, burnout job. I think is what she called it. Like, what would you dream to do instead of this? That's something that we should post on um on our TikTok. Yeah, make something, a video, something, like and that. see what people comment. Exactly, because every I, you know everybody got to have one. Everybody, everybody. I'm going to start asking around. Right. See what that that's like. Well, thank you for traveling all the way to Ecuador. Oh, thank you, Lindsay. No big deal. I'll be billing the, the pod. <laughs> I'll be billing the pod. Um, all the wonderful content that she provided for us and just thanking her for her bravery yeah. because she could be an icon for a lot of people. She's my icon, struggling. that's for sure. All right. Well, have a best friend like that. Seas- I know, right? Season finale. Season oh, my God. Woo! So we'll be back in 2024, right? Yep. We'll see you soon, Clinnies. Look out for the post on Instagram in January. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap for today's topic. If you want to stay in the loop of anything new and exciting happening with this crazy duo, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Clinically Impressed. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to stay connected, stay hydrated, and always practice safe social work. Come on.